0: That you do will be in Romans chapter 12 this morning. We'll be looking at verses 9 through 16. Romans chapter 12. It's a special day today in God's house. Even though every day is special, this is a special day. Title of the message this morning is Serving the Lord with Enthusiasm. You know, we talk about serving the Lord and we spend a lot of time talking about service and servant ministry and what we're doing as Christians, but I want to emphasize the fact of the word enthusiasm this morning, because it has an, a special meaning. We're going to talk about two things this morning, one being compassion, and the other one being enthusiasm. And then this afternoon at our service this evening, we'll talk about, we'll finish it up, be a different passage of scripture, but we'll talk about humility. And those are all three key things that Jesus displayed while he was here on this earth. And we're going to pattern our lives. we want to be Christians. We're going to be Christ-like. We want to do the things that Jesus did, and we want to try to imitate the way that that he would want us to do. Yesterday was officially recognized as Veterans Day. It was Saturday. It was Veterans Day. And we recognized the veterans yesterday in some different aspects throughout our country. It's a day that honors those who have served in the United States military. There's a special call for people who give up time in their life to serve in the United States military. Today is the day that we recognize those veterans who have served in this country in our military who have joined us in fellowship in God's house this morning. We recognize them this morning. You never take things for granted when it's something important like that. We want to recognize them as well. When you take a good look at the United States Armed Forces, it represents a strong group of individuals who have a passion and are dedicated to serving other people. It's one of you look at that. That's what these people do. That's what people who, who, who want to serve the country, that's the way we look at that. This type of service can be full of excitement. It can be dangerous. It can be rewarding. It can be fulfilling. And it takes a significant time of tireless energy. Let's talk about boot camp for a minute. Michael, you want to share with us how much tireless energy you had in boot camp? Was that no energy or no tireless energy? I can imagine. Same thing with Army, right? The Air Force, this tireless energy. Look at this, the way this, this it happens in boot camp. Sometimes after boot camp, it can be just as tireless, the, the places that you have to go, the way you have to serve. The people who serve do so because of their love for those who are, they are serving. Amen? That's why they do it. Not for the, the thrill, so to speak, but because they enjoy, they have a desire to serve people. Service men and women will tell you, these are some things that I just wrote down. We love this country because of what it stands for. We love this country because it was founded on God. That's something that's very significant to me. We love this country because it provides the freedom that we have and the freedom that we are able to enjoy. As I was preparing for this message this week, I was reminded of the song Onward Christian Soldier. And I was waiting to see if Brother Wesley might sing that because I was afraid if he did, it would kind of take away from what I wanted to share with you. And I just I didn't say anything about it, but I was thinking about that song this week Onward Christian soldier, and you know you sing it right now in your mind, you're singing it right amen that 's what I talk about. This is a song that brings to light the fact that as Christians we 're in a battle against sin we 're in a battle in this country, onward Christian soldiers we 're in the same kind of battle that that military has to def- to defend for us, and in order to win the battle and to defeat sin, as Christians, we have to share the love of Jesus Christ to the four corners of this world and that's what the military does they go All over the world to defend us to establish security and we need to do the same thing as christians to share Jesus christ and the love of god the unconditional love that he's given us the gospel message to the four corners of the world And we do this by serving other people now Let's relate this to christian ministry into military service Let's look at this as far as christians serving the lord can be full of excitement. It can be dangerous It can be rewarding. It can be fulfilling. It can require a significant amount of tireless energy. Amen? Tireless energy in our passage of Scripture this morning. The Apostle Paul is going to give us some clear indications of how we should serve the Lord and his people. If you are able, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word this morning? Romans chapter twelve, starting in verse nine, says this: Let <clears throat> excuse me, let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Take the lead in honoring one another. Do not lack diligence in zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Pray with me, please. Father God, I ask that you bless the reading of your word. Father, I ask that you hide me behind the cross, and God, cleanse me of every sin, cleanse me of every impurity, and Father, allow me to deliver your message to your people this morning. These things I ask in your Son's precious and holy name, amen, and you may be seated. You're probably sitting there thinking, well, I thought Brother Kerry got rid of that frog that he had in his throat last week well he's hanging around so you just bear with me and we'll get through it this morning in our passage of scripture this morning Paul apostle Paul is emphasizing the attitudes of Christians who exercise their spiritual gifts they exercise their spiritual gifts as a Christian everybody has a spiritual gift and he's talking about the attitudes of the Christians who exercise those spiritual gifts it is, it is possible to use your spiritual gift in an unspiritual manner. You might not believe that, but it is possible to do that. And Paul talks about that in various verses of Scripture. He goes back in 1 Corinthians 13 and he makes known of that exact same thing of using your spiritual gifts the way God wants you to use it. In 1 Corinthians 13, which is known as the love chapter, is found in the New Testament. Love is a circulatory system of the spiritual life. Blood is is the main ingredient in the circulatory system in the physical life, but when you look at the, the spiritual body, love is the circulatory system because of God's unconditional love. It enables all of the members to function the way the Bible says they should function, in a harmonious manner, which means we need to be united together in a harmonious way. That's what Paul's talking about. The Bible says that this type of love must be an Honest love. It must be a genuine type of love. We need to share it with each other. You look in the first verse of Scripture. It's not to be a hypocritical love. It must be a humble love and not a prideful love. You say, well, Carrie, that's exactly what I try to do. Man, I want to be humble. I want to be not prideful. And it's what he's talking about, not hypocritical. It is impossible to love God and not to serve him. If you love him, you want to serve him. You want to have a desire to serve him. You want to be on mission with him and your service will certainly glorify him. We're going to see what God's word says this this morning in compassion and enthusiasm. And this afternoon, we'll talk about Uh, humility but let's start with compassion and that's what this passive scripture is emphasizing It's what Paul wants us to understand is how we're to do this it has to have a, a significant amount of passion but it has to have a significant amount of enthusiasm as well if you're a Christian and you love the Lord you'll find some way to express the love by serving other people you won't wait for the pastor to tell you how to do it you won't wait to be shown how to do it you'll be seeking out ways to serve the Lord and to glorify him. In our deacon training class, we have invested several hours into the importance of serving God and his people the way that he wants us to serve. We've spent a lot of time talking about humility and talking about compassion, talking about service and servant ministry. It's one of the main focus. So so here's the question. How does a person who is committed to serving the Lord, how does he live? What does his life look like? What is that example going to look like? What does that lifestyle look like? What are the characteristics that are displayed in a person who loves the Lord and wants other people to come to know him? What does it look like when we're looking at that lifestyle? Well, let's look here. In eight verses of Scripture, we look at this passage of Scripture. In eight verses of Scripture, Paul gives us 17 different things that we should do and four things that we shouldn't do. In this one little passage of Scripture, look at it. 17 different things that we should do and four things that we shouldn't do. If you want to know what you're supposed to do, if you want to know how you're supposed to act, if you want to know how you're supposed to live, here's my suggestion. Look in the Bible Because it's all there in black and white and some of it's red, amen? This is where we get our information. What you see in Paul's emphasis is significant, stronger on the things that we should be doing than on the things we shouldn't be doing, but they are all equally important. He gives us more instructions on what we should be doing than what we shouldn't be doing, but we still need to pay attention to the things that we should not be doing because they're all equal, Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy, detest evil, cling to what is good. Man, that one verse of scripture has a lot to say to us. It gives us a lot of information. We're going to open up that one verse of scripture and let's just look at it together. The word hypocrisy, it means that we are to be genuine in our love with each other. It means that we are to be the same way with everybody. It means that we're not to be one way with one person and another way with another person. It means that we're not to say one thing to one person and so on. Something completely contradictory to another person. It means without hypocrisy. Loving people is not something that we do simply because we're told to do it. Amen. Amen. Man, let me tell you something. You can't tell people to love other people. They just ain't gonna listen. You with me? You have to have a desire in your heart to love other people or you're not going to do it. You can't simply be told. People are not told that they have to love somebody. That's just simply, you're going to love me or else, huh? You love your preacher else, right? (laughs) Love your pastor. Okay, well, I can tell you all that. But anyhow, all right, you may or may not do it, but you have to have a desire in your hearts to show love, to share love, and to actually portray love. I mean, you can't tell somebody that they have to do something. They have to want to do it. They have to have a desire inside to do it. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. That's because God has commanded us to do that. That is the greatest commandment. But he's the creator of the universe. He's given us something that we should have a desire to do. What's in your heart will be displayed in your actions and your words. So here's the challenge. How do you know if you really love one another the way God wants you to love them? How do you really know that you love one another the way God wants you to, to love one another? That's the challenge. Paul provides us the answers in Romans 12, 10. He says here, love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Take the lead. That means to go before That means not to wait. That means to move forward, go before, to give preference to them. Essentially, what he's saying and what he means is that love everybody the way that God wants us to love them and put them ahead of ourselves. And we've talked about that multiple times. Other people's feelings, other people's preference is more important than mine. That's what Christians do. We put other people ahead of our own. That's the standard Christian service. We put them in a place of honor. We don't don't do it in a prideful manner, but we put them in a place of honor. We make them a priority in our lives. We encourage them. We strengthen them. We love them the way God wants us to love them. Amen? We love each other the same way. And it's hard sometimes, but we do it because God has, has instructed us to do that. We share the same compassion that Jesus showed when he was here on this earth. We share that same compassion that he had for, for sickness, for, for people who were in despair, people who needed to be touched, people who needed his love. We should share that same compassion that he had. The Bible places an extreme amount of emphasis on God's unconditional love. But let me tell you something here. Paul moves quickly from loving to hate. And this is something I had a hard time with early on, looking at this passage of and what it actually meant Paul uh, put a lot of emphasis on it but he moves from love to hate in verse 9 he says detest evil cling to what is good and let me tell you something there's two parts into this this passive scripture this verse of scripture and this command first it says we're to hate evil one of the things that I had a hard time was trying to figure out how God hates anything and for a long time, I had a hard time understanding that. But let's look at it together. It's hard to believe that God could hate anything because God is a God of unconditional love. Amen? Because he's a God of unconditional love. There's nothing that we can do to make him love us more. There's nothing we can do to make him love us less. He's the God of unconditional love. That's what it says. It's hard to believe that God could hate anything. Well, let me tell you something. God does not hate anything that he created. Amen? He doesn't hate anything that he created. The Bible says that everything that God created was good. And not only was it good, but it was what? Very good. Everything he created was very good. And there's no way to hate something that is very good. But he did not create sin. God hates sin and evil is sin. The word detest and this thing is interchangeable. Jason's going to put a word up for you because I told him when I, when I did it, I want to make sure you understood what I said. It says here, the word detest is an interchangeable word with the word abhor. And I said, Jason, you got to put that word up because when I say it, I want people to know exactly what I'm talking about. Abhor. That's a delicate word, ain't it? Well, do you know what it means? Let's talk about it this morning. The New King James and the New American Standard both use this phrase, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. That's what it says in the New King James. That's what it says in the New American Standard. It doesn't say that in the Christian Standard. It says detest. But let me tell you something. That's what it says, abhor what is evil. The word abhor is an even stronger, more harsh word than the word hate. To hate something's one thing, but to abhor it means to passionately hate it. That it, it is emphasized, it's passionately hated. It's a more harsh word. It's, it's to passionately hate something. We are to love God with all our hearts, all our souls, all our minds, all our strength, and love our neighbors as ourselves. And we're to hate evil with all of our hearts, just like that. It's hard to believe. It's hard to understand. We're to hate evil. We're not evil people but evil itself. It says that basically what we're looking at, hate the sin, not the sinner. Hate evil, but not evil people. We hate evil if we love God because the Lord hates evil. It is evil. That caused God to cast Satan and his demons out of heaven, who were angels at that time. It was evil that caused God to send his son to this world to live a sinless life, to go to a cross, to die a humiliating death on a cross for my sins and your Because of evil, that's what did it. That's why he sent him here. It's easy to see why God hates evil with a passion. It's easy to see why he abhors evil, and he instructs us to do the same. And if we love God and we love the things that God loves, we'll also hate the things that God hates. That's compassion. Amen? Let's talk about enthusiasm. We're getting close, all right? You hanging in there with me? You taking notes? Nah. We'll rerun it for you. If you want to make a difference in this world as a strong Christian, your life needs to be reflect enthusiasm as a servant leader. Enthusiasm. You think about that word. Well, I'm enthused about certain things, but enthusiasm about Christianity. Do you get excited when you talk about Jesus to somebody who doesn't know much about Him, who's somebody that wants to hear about Him? Do you get excited? Does that excite you? Man, let me tell you, that should excite you when you talk about Jesus and what He's done for us. Paul says that we're not to lack diligence in zeal. Here's some some more good words. Diligence and zeal. Let's look at that. He says we're to be fervent in the spirit. We're to serve the Lord. The word zeal means to have great energy. When we have to have zeal, we have to have great energy. It's what it says. We have to be enthusiastic, have great enthusiasm in the pursuit of the cause of an objective. Paul's telling us we need to have enthusiasm. We need to have zeal. We need to have great incitement, great enthusiasm when we're talking about Jesus Christ. The word zeal means great energy. God's will for his people is that we would become more like Christ. That's what he talks about. He wants us to be more like Christ. And as Christians, we should st- be striving to be more Christ-like. And we should be passionately seeking to achieve this purpose and this plan with great enthusiasm and great excitement. I can tell y'all are excited today, amen? <clears throat> Nothing I'd rather talk about than Jesus Christ, amen? Man, it excites me when we get to talk about him. God's will is that we want to be more like him, and I want to be more like him every single day. Church, let me ask you a question. Where is your enthusiasm level when it comes to serving the Lord and his people? And you can check your own meter, but where's your enthusiasm level? Where do you get excited about? Are you excited about serving the Lord when it comes to to being Christ-like? Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says this. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Whatever you do, do it from the heart. Do it with enthusiasm from the heart. Galatians 6, 9 says this. Let us not get tired of doing good. For we will reap the proper time if we don't give up. Man, we can't give out of energy. We can't get tired. We can't let anything stop us. We can't let anything interfere with what we're doing, sharing the gospel. As Christians, we need to be uh, comprehend the importance of serving. Man, we talk about service and servant ministry, and we talk about the importance of it. But we need to understand how important it is. Let me tell you something. We, we're not promised our next breath. We don't know when, this, when the Father is coming back through the Son. We don't know if this day is going to end with the sun going down or we're going to be ascending into heaven. We don't know, but there's an urgency that's taking place where people need to hear the gospel message. We need to understand the, purpose, the importance of serving. Serving has significant value, whether you see it or not. You say, well, they just don't appreciate what I did for them. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what you see because service you see. Sometimes you see the results and sometimes you don't. Just like showing love for God and his people. Service is not always something that we can see. It's not always something we understand, but we are commanded to do it. God has commanded us to be like Christ, to be Christ-like. It's part of our Christian walk. As part of our Christian life, that we are displayed compassionately, we're displayed compassionate love for God's people. It will be contagious when we get the enthusiasm going. People are going to catch hold to it. People are going to want to know what it is you know. They're going to want to know who it is that you do know, and they're going to want to have a relationship with Him. Verse twelve: Rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. There's some more information in this that Paul's given us. We want to make sure that when life becomes difficult, because it will, man, there's hardship, there's struggle, there's difficulty, and we've talked about that numerous times, but when life becomes difficult, Christians cannot permit their enthusiasm to grow cold. We've got to stay excited about the Word because we have the most important message out there. There's nothing more important than the gospel message of Jesus Christ. This verse speaks about the courageous faith that we have. It speaks about difficult times that we have. And the Bible says that we must learn to have courageous faith under fire. That means when, the, when it gets hot, man, when it gets very difficult, we've got to have the same faith that we had beforehand. But how can someone rejoice when they're going through extreme pressure? When you think about it, we're under pressure, and there's people a lot of times when, when difficult things happen, they turn away from God. When you think about the pressure zone, how do we handle it with extreme pressures? One, you got to go to God's Word. You got to get into the Word. You got to study the Word. You got to get into the Word. You got to listen to the Word and you got to obey the Word. And that's how we work through it and that's how we navigate through it. When you're a Christian and you're under pressure, the thing that keeps you going is knowing that this situation isn't going to last forever. I mean, this is a temporary home, and we're under pressure in this world. These situations are not going to last forever. And the reassurance is that at some point in life that we're going to be glorified through the Father, through eternal life with Him when this all is over with. When you have a problem, you pray. Let's think about that just a minute. I'm going to touch home for just a second. When you have a problem, you pray. You might not pray any other time, but when you have a problem, you pray. You think about people. Sometimes they, they pray for, for the meal, and they pray before they go to bed. But that's the only praying that they do except for when it, there's a struggle, except for when there's a problem. Then there, there's a different time. Many people only pray when they have a problem. And when you have a real problem, you pray differently Than when you don't have a real problem. You you pray differently. You think about it. You don't just pray. When you have a real problem, you cry out to the Lord. You cry out to the Lord because it's it's more than you can handle. It's, It's something very significant in your life. God wants us to learn how to bring this kind of intensity, this kind of enthusiasm to our regular daily prayer life. And we pray, we cry out to God because he's the creator of the universe. He's in control of all things. And sometimes it's more than we can handle. Let me tell you something. Sin is a real problem in this world, amen? And don't just just turn on the TV or don't turn on the TV, but it's a real problem in this world. And we have to deal with it. There are people who are in prayer as a daily part of their lives. And there's other people who only pray during the struggle. But prayer needs to be part of our everyday life. It needs to be part of our everyday life. I mean, that's, there's no, you know, pray without ceasing is what the Bible says. It doesn't mean that we pray constantly. But it just means that we don't ever hang up the phone. We, we're always in communication with the Father. Pray without ceasing. Pray every single day. Paul reveals to us in this passage of Scripture that we can have a life marked with compassionate love for God's people, that we can, and we can have enthusiasm to serve God with a, a, a contagious spirit, that everyone will see, and a courageous faith that stands strong under fire. That's what he's talking about this morning. When we allow these things to take control of our lives, we become the kind of people that God wants us to be. When we look at this compassion and we look at humility and we look at the, the way God wants us to serve with enthusiasm, we, come, we become the people that God wants us to be. God has given us everything we need in his word. The Bible is there for, to comfort us, to guide us. To protect us, to give us the direction that we need. All we have to do is open it up and make it part of our life. Amen. And God loves us, man. He loves us so much. He loves us beyond recognition. John three sixteen says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Ephesians two eight says this by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift of God. Man is a sinner. And cannot save himself. We needed a savior. And, and God knew it man. He planned this way before we were ever created. And he sent his son for us. Romans 3.23 says all of sin to come short of the glory of God. Sin creates a separation between us and God. And this world is full of sin. God can't get to us because of sin. We can't get to him. There had to be a sacrifice. He sent his son Jesus Christ to this world. To live a sinless life. To take step after step after step on a dusty road all the way up to the cross and to willingly give himself up for the sins of mankind, for my sins and your sins. Romans three uh, ten thirteen says this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's one of my favorite verses of Scripture because it reassures me to know that Calling on the name of the Lord, just the significance of his name and what it stands for, the weight that it carries, means that I have eternity with him in heaven, That I'm going to spend my eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ. Friends, when our time in this earth is over, we're going to spend eternity in one of two places. We're going to to spend eternity completely separated from God in torment and anguish. Or we're going to spend eternity in his presence and glorifying him and singing praises to him. And if you had to choose, which one would you want to choose? God give us an an option, and he wants us to spend eternity with him. Romans 10, 9 says this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. God made it easy for us. Did not make it complicated, didn't make it hard. Just said, hey, stand up. And just, just ask me and in. invite me in your heart and I'll come in. There's no questions about it. It's not that you've got to check any boxes. It's not that you've got to do certain things or attend any classes. All you've got to do is say, hey, I, be, I want to be. you to be my Lord and Savior. And you invite him in and he'll come in and he'll live in your heart. Maybe today you want to make sure that no, without a shadow of a doubt that you're going to spend eternity with Jesus and eternity with heaven. Well, let me tell you something in a moment. We're going to have a hymn of invitation. And this is a time set aside for you. This is not a, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. This is a time when you just need to make sure your relationship is solidified. Make sure that between you and the Father that you know where you're going to spend eternity. Because there's nothing more important to me than making sure that when I get to heaven, I see every one of you. If you're not there before me, I'll see you when you get there. But let me tell you something, that's where we want to spend eternity. You got to make sure that you know, and if you don't know, I'll be down front, and I'll be glad to help you out with. It. I'll be glad to share more with you about Jesus. Our deacons are here; they love to to talk with you and and share more with you about Jesus and let you just strengthen you. If you have a, a prayer need, if you want to come to the altar, the altar is always open for you. Let me tell you something: this, this world is full of struggle, and we got struggle. I, I I give you a list of names on the prayer list. Every day I'm talking to somebody about struggle, something that's going on in their life, something they need prayer with. Man, I, and I love to pray with people because it's just reassuring that God is in control. But maybe you want to bring it to the altar this morning Whether our deacons are here with you and I'll pray with you. Whatever it is you want to do, this is a time for you. Maybe you want to move and uh, become a member of this church. Man, this church is a great place to be serving. Because when you become a part of this church, you become a servant of the Lord. And it is just an exciting thing to be. Whatever the decision, whatever you have on your heart this morning, you just open it up to the Lord. Let the power of the Holy Spirit just overpower this room this morning. Father God, i get come before you this morning. Father, just thanking you for the power that's in your word. God, just thank you for the love that you have for us, and the love that you have for your children. And God, the fact that you would send your son to this world to die on a cross for me and for all those who uh, need to call on your name. God, just pray for those this morning. Father, I pray if there's one person in the sound of my voice that does not know you as personal Lord and Savior, I pray that this day would be the day that they would come to know you. Father, for others in our congregation, those that are, are dealing with situations, God, those that are dealing with struggle, Father, I just pray through the power of the Holy Spirit that this room would just be filled with your presence. And God, we would feel your presence. I ask that you allow the the Holy Spirit just to move as he sees fit to move. These things I ask in your Son's precious and holy name. Amen.